The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the book club show on Inspire 105.1 FM. My name is Imrana Mahmood and I am very, very excited for today's show because we have a wonderful guest and an amazing book. Um, so I'm going to dive straight in and um, basically introduce the wonderful book to you. It is called Ramadan Reflections, a guided journal, um, and it has been written by Alia Umrayan. Um, and it's I received the book and I've taken so much um, benefit from it. I think it's going to um, provide a guiding light. Um, for any reader during Ramadan, inshallah, and outside of Ramadan too. Um, the blurb at the back says that it is a must-have intimate journal to guide you through Ramadan and deepen your individual connection to Allah for the year ahead. With inspiring reflections, practical exercises, powerful quotes, and drawing from the spiritual wisdom of the Holy Quran and Sunnah, it offers in, an invitation to let your heart ponder, to immerse yourself in du'a and to journal about spiritual themes and subjects. It is a journey within a journey, a, spa- a space for transformation. This journal is a path with and for the most merciful. So that is a beautiful introduction um, to the book. And I am really delighted to have um, Alia um, Rayan um, on the guest on the book club show today. So um, as an introduction, um, Ali Umrayan um, converted to Islam 23 years ago and has been involved in UK Dawa for over 20 years. In 2000, uh, 2010, she founded Solace UK, a charity that helps women who have converted to Islam and find themselves in difficulty. In 2019, she launched a YouTube channel called Honest Tea Talk, which brought unscripted conversations to the table about raw, unspoken topics related to the Muslim community. She continues to devote her time to helping women achieve their full potential, whilst emphasising the importance of developing a personal and close relationship with Allah. She was recently approached by the publisher Penguin to write and publish a book. The the book, Ramadan Reflections, which has now been written, um, is available and I hope you are all able to um, grab your copy and um, it will help you, inshallah, through the days of Ramadan. Um, And I'm going to now say assalamu alaikum to Alia. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm so, so well. Thank you so much um, for joining us on the Book Club show today. Um, so obviously, I've just given a little bit of background to yourself, to the book. And I thought a really lovely place to start would be to give our listeners a little bit of an idea of what inspired you um, to write the book um, and also the journey to kind of where we are now with it. Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. First of all, thank you very much for the opportunity. Jazakallah It's lovely to be here and speak with you, Imrana, mashallah. Um, okay, so I need to tell you a little bit of a story because mm. uh, there is there is uh, a very beautiful story behind um, this book. Mm. And I've been asked this question a number of times in the last couple of weeks since the book has been published, you know, what inspired me? Mm. And I didn't actually... Um, have a particular inspiration or there there wasn't anything that inspired me but there was something quite profound Mm -hmm. that led to this book going out into the world alhamdulillah Mm -hmm. so for many many years I've been making dua that Allah would bless me with the opportunity of writing and publishing a book before I die and it's been a dua that I've been making for many many years Mm -hmm. and in Ramadan 2022 out of all of the things that I was asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for, this dua, despite the fact that I had been making it for, for a very long time, was just at the forefront of my mind and was just on my heart. And like I said, there were other things, you know, I would say possibly, you know, even more important things that I was asking Allah for. But this one just, it was just there, you know, on my heart. And I just kept repeating it again and again and again. Ramadan ended and two months later I found myself um, just checking my messages on Instagram and um, it's interesting because I, I my writing kind of sharing my written reflections on social media has been 
has been going on for a couple of years. But at that particular time, you know, mid 2022, I was actually quite quiet on social media. Um, messages had been piling up, you know, I wasn't responding uh, as quickly as I normally do. I checked my request folder on, on Instagram and there was a message from a woman and she had a non-Muslim name. Now, obviously, as a revert myself, you know, I thought she's either a revert wanting to ask me something or wanting to share something with me or she isn't Muslim and she has some questions about Islam. So I opened the message and I read her message. It was a very short message and I instantly thought it was a scam. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, and, and um and normally i get these types of messages quite regularly you know normally i wouldn't even you know how you can read the message but not yeah. accept so yeah. you've read it but they don't know that you've read it That's normally right. i wouldn't even you know i wouldn't even click on accept i would just you know close yeah. it and move on <laughs> yeah yeah but subhanallah and i'm glad that i didn't do that this yeah, time because... yeah yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, because um, I I pressed accept, mm. and then I also responded, and I said, "Sounds interesting. Can mm. you email me?" And I provided her with my email address, right. and um, I she she emailed me pretty straight away, um, and I checked the email address, and I thought that it would kind of be some you know at gmail at yeah, hotmail dot com, yeah, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. yeah. And then subhanAllah, um, it was it was a, a company email address and my heart kind of stopped. Yeah. So the message that she had sent me on Instagram was, um, I'm a publisher mm. from Penguin Random House mm. and we were wondering if you would be interested in writing a book for us. Wow. Oh, subhanAllah. And yeah. so, you know, we had our first meeting and in this meeting, I obviously had so many questions for her. And I asked her, you know, how did you find me? <laughs> you know, what, <laughs> yeah, okay. what do you what do you want from me? <laughs> um, uh, you know, who do you want me to write for? Mm. What do you want the book to be about? Like, what is this all about? I, you know, I, I had I had a thousand and one questions. Yeah. And then she said to me, you know, we have like these tools, these listening tools on social media. And we came across to you mm. and um you know, I, I came across, you know, some of the things that you had written on social media and I went to other writers and something kept bringing me, you know, drawing me back to you. Mm -hmm. And then I would leave your pay, your grid again and I would go to other writers, but something kept drawing me back to you. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, here we are kind of thing. And and she said, um, we would like you to, to um, we would like you to write a book that will go out for Ramadan and we would like the book to be connected to Ramadan somehow. And when she said this, and we want it to be for the Muslim audience. And when she said this, I, I, I just thought, subhanAllah. I said to her, you know, two months ago, in the month of Ramadan, I was praying to my creator to bless me with the opportunity of writing a book um, and publishing a book before I die. And here you are. And this was in Ramadan. Here you are telling me you would like me to write a book for the following Ramadan connected to Ramadan. And she was kind of like, oh, you know, this is kind of like, this is a bit, you know, a bit strange, a bit spooky. But for me, I just thought, Ya Rabbi, how kind you are, how you answer the dua of your servants in a way that they could never have imagined and I just thought my Lord listens my Lord listens and he responds at the most perfect time and in the most perfect way so this is the journey of the book this is how the book came about you know um and I I am honored and humbled um yeah that that's the story yeah no my you know like thank you so much for for sharing that like I'm getting goosebumps listening to you because like subhanAllah it's yeah, I mean, what you said about, you know, the the timing and, you know, um, Allah answering du'as, it's so important. And when it manifests in this kind of way, when you, I guess, in some ways, least expecting it and, you yes. know, that it's that reminder, yeah, that, you know, Allah is near. And um, thank you so much, yeah, for, for um, you know, uh, telling us about, yeah, the journey behind the book. Um, so then if we come to, obviously, the book itself, um, Ramadan Reflections, um, obviously, it's 
an interesting format in the sense that it's not obviously I don't want to say just a book but of course it's a book but because it's a journal and it, it invites the a reader to not only kind of delve into um, some of the reflections that obviously you're sharing but also to um, pause and reflect on themselves and have the opportunity mm-hmm. to write and I think that's you know a really um, yeah lovely way I guess to engage in Ramadan because sometimes I know we're not always sure what our Ramadan is going to look like or we make intentions and you know so sometimes maybe you need that kind of focus but um it, you could you just share a little bit about that so why the idea of like a journal specifically is that something you do yourself um and yeah what kind of benefit would, would um the readers get from that well if I'm totally honest um when I did have that initial meeting with with um the penguin team uh, the, the publisher you know she did say that we would like it to have we would like it to be kind of um reflection based we would like it to be a journal so she was very specific and then then the rest was up to me um and I think initially she kind of had in mind very short reflections um with some journal space Mm. but it became so much more than that it's Mm. kind of part memoir Mm. it's deeply reflective there's there's a lot of my writing in it and then there's journal space at the end of each chapter but I, 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 I do think journaling is therapeutic. I think we hold so much in our in our heads, and just kind of emptying ourselves out through writing is um, very healing um, and and quite liberating. And it, and I guess maybe I haven't journaled in the traditional sense, but obviously for the last few years prior to writing this book, I have been sharing my reflections on social media a lot. And that was because, you know, uh, I, I was kind of going through some very difficult times and I found that just writing, not necessarily about the ins and outs of those difficulties, but just writing my thoughts and my and my feelings and my emotions out mm-hmm. and sharing it was was extremely um um therapeutic so mm-hmm. I I guess I do believe in journaling um but I just did it in a little bit of a different way yeah no, and it's such an important actually um point that you're making it's true because I mean we define things differently and you're right everything that you share you know kind of online yes of course in essence that's what it is and and I guess there's a degree of um I guess kind of vulnerability in that and I think if, if mm. you're able to be vulnerable and kind of create that space which I think you've done you know wonderfully is is really amazing um so in terms of obviously uh, more specifics of um Ramadan reflections itself um very early on there's um a quote which I'm I'm just going to share and you know just wanted your kind of um uh, input into that is um so you say that I invite you to turn inwards focus on your heart and the awakening you feel inside of you right now um so I read that and I was like oh kind of read like clutch my own heart I was like yeah you know it was really powerful kind of statement um and but I guess the other thing I thought was though in a time where obviously we have like lots of distract distractions I mean obviously there's there's positives to it as well in terms of social media and you know whatever the streaming platforms that they might be on um but in terms of being able to do that and focus on our heart what is it you think we can do to be more present in those quiet moments um how can we be, be more present yeah because obviously we're, we're kind of surrounded by I guess different distractions yeah. so we have mm. to yeah, make that time and then yeah just be really present in that I think we have to schedule it in now it's interesting because Ramadan is a time where we do things differently mm. um, to the rest of the year. Ramadan is a time where we do, where we're actually forced to slow down to a certain extent. Um, you know, our energy is depleted. Where we are slower, um, we you know we change things up in the course of our days and nights. And you know, I kind of look upon Ramadan and I think, Subhanallah, you know, Allah's wisdom in in granting us you know, a month of 29 to 30 days where we are, we have to, you know, this is obviously um, one of our five pillars. We have to slow down. And is it from, I I wonder, is it from the wisdom of Allah that he knows the human, obviously he knows the human condition, but he knows that we can't continue in, you know, this kind of, this rat race 
And we, we need the month of Ramadan to slow down, reconnect, recharge spiritually. And I think, you know, on that point, we then outside of Ramadan need to consciously schedule in moments of pause, moments where we slow down, take stock, you know, allow our hearts to reconnect with our purpose and our creator. Um, because otherwise, quite simply, we'll, we will burn out spiritually. Um, and I think, you know, possibly the wisdom of, of, of Ramadan is that, you know, we, yeah, we kind of take heed of, 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 of the fact that we're always on autopilot and we need to take regular time out mm-hmm. to, to look inwards in order to be able to look upwards towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, yeah. yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, to kind of look inwards, to to look upwards is yeah, absolutely. And and um, I think again, what you said about yes, yeah, scheduling it in because I think sometimes we need something a bit like that tangible mm. time or you know something where we really are you know um, yeah, like you said, coming out of that rat race, which obviously is so easy mm. to to kind of fall into. Um, mm. Now you know you kind of continue on to. Um, the next chapter, which is um, on responsibility. And mm. another thing that kind of stood out to me is, you know, um, there's a quote where you say, I made a choice to take full responsibility for all of my choices, both good and bad, and to look back and take all the lessons necessary. Um, so again, I was reading that and I was thinking, um, of course, like we, we all to an extent understand responsibility, accountability, um, but also the idea that if we're really um, thinking about that quite deeply, there, it requires a certain level of bravery almost, I think, you know, for, for where, you know, for, I guess from what I think. But how do you think we can empower ourselves to to kind of trust those choices that we're making? Because sometimes we're just kind of going through the motions. Um, but, yeah, is there anything that you can kind of share about that? Well, I think I think in, in terms of um, trusting the decisions that we take, this this can only be done, in my opinion, when consulting Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, because we may make we may feel that we we may feel that a decision um, is a good one, but we don't know our future, whereas He does. So you know, I think um, trusting the, the the choices and decisions we we make must be coupled with you know is the the istikhara prayer that you know the seeking guidance prayer. It must be coupled with du'a, asking Allah who knows our future, who even knows our past, whereas, you know, we've forgotten elements of our past. He knows our condition. He knows why we are who we are today as a result of our past. And he knows what is to come. So I think the trust, the trust, the trust that we have in the decisions and choices we make kind of comes from that trust of I've taken this to my Lord and I believe he's going to guide me to what's best. And that's what you trust in. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. No, absolutely. I think, um, again, you know, it's a reminder, isn't it, as well, that we we don't want to lose, you know, sight of the ultimate kind of purpose and obviously mm. like, you know, the, our relationship with Allah, absolutely. And and mm. even, you know, for example, the, the little... Um, I'm, I'm going to call it a subtitle or the, you know, on, on the book, obviously it says 30 days of healing from the past, journeying with presence and looking ahead to an Akhra fo- focused future. Um, so what is it, I guess, that, you know, I think your books laid out really interestingly because obviously it's, there's three parts to, um, you know, the book itself. The first is healing and taking lessons from the past then journeying to Allah with presence and then obviously planning and moving into an Akhara focused future um how did you come about I guess um yeah creating those three sections of the book so before you started writing was there a certain way that you knew you wanted the book to to kind of be or yeah I was just interested Mm. in that yeah um if I'm honest, after that meeting with the publisher, all I knew that it needed to be it it, it needed to be um, reflection based, which is mm-hmm. what I how I uh, pretty much write anyway, mm-hmm. and then, and to have a journal element to it, mm-hmm. and then I I had no idea, <laughs> I had absolutely no idea what I was gonna you know what I was gonna present you know okay. what type of skeleton I was gonna mm-hmm. present, and um, I. I took myself to a park in East London 
because I needed to, I needed to, uh, I needed to be inspired, and I often find that I'm inspired when I when I look upon Allah's creation and and you know he, you know just just to see beauty. So I took myself to an East London park. I, I, you know, I didn't have, <laughs> unfortunately, I didn't have the time to you know venture outside of London to Yorkshire or somewhere like that. So I went to an East London park, and I sat on a park bench in front of um, a lake. It was actually Victoria Park in East London, mm. and I just I just spoke to my lords and I just said, Yeah, Allah, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't even know what to do, but I know that this came from you, and I know that this is most certainly for you. So just guide me and guide my pen, you know, guide me to put out into the world that which will bring hearts and souls back to you. I, I don't know how to do this without you. Mm -hmm. um, and then I said, Bismillah. Mm -hmm. And I began to brainstorm. And I started with the fact that Ramadan is 29 to 30 days. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, hmm, 29 to 30 chapters, mm -hmm. one for each day. And then obviously um, 30 days, okay three parts and then it was like past present future because this is you know we're, we're constantly in between you know one of you know kind of one of three states we're either trying to deal with something from our past we're definitely currently dealing with you know our, our current circumstances or we're asking Allah you know for something or we're hoping for something in the future so this is this is the journey of life right um and then it kind of just developed from there so um that's kind of how the book came about yeah and what you know yeah it's a beautiful way of, of kind of doing it it's kind of categor uh, categorized but also in a way which is yeah it's just obviously of course it resonates right and and the way yeah mm -hmm. it links into then ramadan and and those kind of thirds you know is is, is amazing um mm -hmm. and i don't want to kind of put you on the spot a bit but so basically you're, the next chapter um that you use chapter three which is called day three obviously because it's uh, according to the days of ramadan is love I was going to ask you, how would you define love? And the second part of that question is, and what do you think is the best way to practice the love of Allah? <laughs> um, how do I define love in terms of our relationship with Allah or just love in general? Could you could you do both? I'm just interested because <laughs> I really like the chapter on on love in the book. So I I was yeah just wondering. Mm. But you I'm I'm not gonna but yeah, I don't want to make it difficult. So whatever yeah you're open to to answering on that. Um, well I don't think first of all I don't think there is one definition of love. Mm. I think it is subjective. Um, and so love's open and mm. um, love um yeah will take on a different meaning for each person mm. but i think love is this um this this yearning in your heart to to be next to the one you love it's um a yearning in your heart to to do everything you can to make that person happy um mm that person has a space, has taken up a space in your heart and you you kind of feel a sense of pain when you are separated from them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, I think love is very wholesome. It's healthy, or rather it should be. <laughs> and uh, it's... <clears throat> It's uh, a state that is satisfying, fulfilling, um, and just brings joy, joy and contentment. So I think for me, that's love. And in terms of um, what was your second question? Um, um, I guess, yeah, then focusing on um, our love of Allah and that kind of, I guess. You know, I think I think in terms of the love of Allah, it, again, just... just yeah. um, on you know on what I've just mentioned, yeah, yeah. I it 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 is it's, it's it's a focus. There's there's a focus to um, you, you Allah is at the center of your life. He is at the center of your focus. He is your priority. Um, it you know the love that the the servant has for his or her Lord um, produces this constant awareness so he as a wajal is always kind of on your mind and on your heart and you kind of navigate through this life wanting to please him wanting you know wanting 
him to have you as 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 his beloved mm. um you're you know you're in dialogue with him because you 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 want to always be in the company of your of your loved one right mm-hmm. um you don't want to displease him because you don't want to you don't want your loved one to to ever see you know that side of you you want your loved one to always think well of you um there's there's this, there's this drive and this urgency to do all that will will please you know will please him as a child i think this is love for me you know um it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. kind of placing yourself um in a position where you do everything you can to love him and be loved by him and to protect yourself from ever losing that love mm-hmm. um yeah that's love for me love of love for me i love the way that you've encapsulated that you know thank you so much um so we are headed to um the uh break and in the second half of the show we'll discuss a little bit more with alia umrayan about her book ramadan reflections so we'll be back in a moment assalamualaikum you're listening to an inspire fm podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on inspire fm Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the book club show on Inspire 105.1 FM. My name is Imrana Mahmood and on today's show I uh, have the privilege of interviewing Alia Um Rayan who is the author of the recently published Ramadan Reflections, a guided journal, 30 days of healing from the past, journeying with presence and looking ahead to an Akhirah focused future. In the first half of the show we were talking um, to Alia a little bit about her journey um, behind the book um a little bit about some of the i guess reflections of course that alia has um in terms of social media and how we need to find um quiet times and pause and reflect um the idea of taking responsibility for our um choices but ultimately that they need to be um obviously have allah at the center of them um and then just before the break um we were um talking to ali a little bit about um what she thinks love is and how we're able to not necessarily define that but also the fact that love is subjective and um it can mean different things to different people um depending on you know the, the context but ultimately again um coming back to something that Alia said I think earlier on in in the first half of the show that it's important that we're able to look inwards to our own selves so then we can look upwards to Allah so this that show is definitely about um making Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know our focus and our center um so hopefully the show will give you um really lots of benefit um this Ramadan um so we're going to delve straight back in um to the book and chapter five um um, Ali you talk about your experience um as a new weaver um to Islam you mentioned that um you were obviously attending a a Jummah um a Jummah prayer um and you kind of felt that there was a lot of focus being put on this idea of kind of propagating fear where, you know, there was things about what is haram and lots of um, advice, which was almost presented a bit harshly, I guess, to, to you know, specifically to women. Um, now that obviously that was quite an early maybe experience for you, my question is, how do you think things have changed? Have things changed um, for women in particular, I guess, going to the mosque or even just generally in terms of the advice they receive or the, the the guidance that they're getting so yeah I just wanted your reflections on that I think it's very much a work in progress <laughs> if mm. I'm honest mm. um certainly has progressed since I became Muslim in 1999 uh there's there you know there's so much more out there for women um women are I would say subhanallah in many ways at the forefront of the dawah um which is amazing um mashallah Mm. Um, I do still feel, you know, as a community, we, particularly in the UK, we have a long way to go. Um, mm. gosh, there's, there's, there's kind of so much I could say about this topic. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm trying to, to, mm. you know, to just focus on the, on the main points, but mm. I think certainly in kind of major cities, main, the main cities in the UK, um, there's there is a lot of provision for sisters you know the mosques are you know are welcoming 
you know, uh, women. Um, they provide classes. Um, so, so that's that's good. I think in the kind of less populated areas around the country, it's still very, very sadly a, an issue. Women are not welcome in the mosque. Um, we've, you know, at Solace, you know, the charity that I'm CEO of, you know, we've had revert sisters who have become Muslim um, and then, you know, knock on the door of, of their local masjid and have had, you know, the door kind of slammed in their face. No, 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 women are not allowed here. So I think in certain areas, um, there needs to be a level of um, awareness created um, uh, because unfortunately we're still, it feels like we're still stuck in the 90s, you know, um, so I think it, it very much depends on the geographical location. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I'm, I'm ref- referencing the UK here, mm-hmm. but I think that we, we definitely have progressed. Um, uh, there is so much provision out there for, for women and led by women, which is amazing as well, mashallah. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess maybe that's sometimes where the, the change, you know, is happening because of that very reason that women are, are starting to be at the forefront of, of those conversations and, mm. and kind of taking up space, which, they, which you know, they have 100%, I guess, you know, right to. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, what you said about work in progress, yeah, I guess, you know, it's, it's, that's what it is. And yeah, inshallah, mm. it can kind of continue improving. Um, so the, the, the book then goes on to, you know, different, um, different elements I guess for each day so obviously we, we've kind of touched upon um love and gratitude there was one of the chapters um it then goes on to also um repentance repentance and I think um the next one might be forgiveness if I'm right I know I might have got that uh, mixed up but there was one um question that again it's a quote that you um mention in the book which is that you talk about well forgiveness as a form of training and I thought that was really interesting because sometimes we don't we don't think about um I mean I personally don't think I guess or never thought about it in that way but so why do you think Ramadan might be a a good time to actually practice this you know process of of forgiveness because if it is you know a form of training like you say well I think Ramadan um Ramadan softens the heart Mm -hmm. and in order to be able to forgive our hearts need to need to be softened um when someone has hurt us and done us wrong automatically our hearts become hardened towards that person and even towards life itself you know uh, depending on you know the level of of hurt that's been inflicted um upon the individual so i think um ramadan ramadan softens our heart it refocuses the soul on its purpose on its purpose and as a result of that the hurt and pain that um we've experienced at the hands of others is kind of placed within the correct frame you know that we're here on a temporary journey we're all imperfect we have a, a greater goal and that is to you know be loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to um to journey to to our permanent home and so by placing the hurt caused by others um, within that frame, we are, um, you know, we're able to to make better decisions as to how we kind of navigate through um, that trauma um, or pain. And as I said, Ramadan is, is a month where we do things differently, where we focus more on our purpose, we focus more on our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so it's like the prime time to, to you know, to place people and the wrong they've done to us, um, you know, like I said, within that frame. Mm. Yeah, and I think, you know, that softening the heart, absolutely. And, and it's amazing how it's almost... Um, I don't know whether I should say automatic, but there is there's something about the 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 coming of Ramadan um, that suddenly something does really settle and and, and everything mm. feels you know uh, in, in that way. What's mm. that? Sorry, I said it feels different, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely, mm. it does. It does, and I think you know you've 
you know explain that really really well um and then you kind of go on to then um talk a little bit in the next um chapter which is kind of focusing on Qadr uh, which is interesting because I know just before the interview <laughs> we were kind of speaking about that um, mm. um for, because of a particular reason but mm. um I guess you know when there's so much emphasis that we need to be in control of our lives you know that the messaging we're getting whether it's work or you know it could be you know a multitude of things um what do you think we need to do then to kind of let go of that illusion of control because obviously we know ultimately um it's you know it's in Allah's hands um but yeah what what is that way of kind of submitting to the God of Allah like what, what do we need to do or say to ourselves or remind ourselves of well, it's acknowledging that we are not in control of anything. Mm. We are not. Um, you know, ultimately, and even the decisions and choices we make fall under the, the 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 decree and will of Allah. We are only able to breathe by His will. If Allah Subhanahu wa Taala decided that that we would breathe our last breath, there is nothing that we can do um, except to breathe our last breath. And so, I think the first step is is the the understanding that. Um, we are only existing by his will. We are only able to do by his will um, that everything was decreed for us when we were in the wombs of our mothers. And so um, whilst, whilst I can, yes, make the decision to pick up the book, it's only by his will that I'm able to do so. And I think understanding that Allah has a plan for us um and that um that everything that happens to us is is with its purpose and is you know for the best of us um it just changes the way that we interact with life when things are given to us um we we we're very quick to be able to submit to that, right? Because it's it's a positive thing. But also when things are taken away from us or things don't go to plan, then it's it, it should also produce that feeling of alhamdulillah because we know that Allah has the best plan for us, that he is al-wakil, he is the best disposed of our affairs. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's very much a matter of the heart, you know, this the, the internalization of... The fact that we are servant and he is master and he has already written um, everything that will occur in, in our life. And we have dua that can obviously change other, mm -hmm. um, but ultimately we have a Lord who not only has decreed what, um, what will happen in our life, but he is a Lord who is merciful and kind and generous and wants us to be admitted into his gardens of delight, you know, his paradise. So I think, you know, with that in mind and and, and um, understanding that the plan comes from a merciful creator, a loving creator, then we accept the good, the bad, and sometimes the even ugly is part and parcel of a beautiful plan for us. Yeah, and I think that's when, you know, it's so important, I guess, to reflect on the attributes of Allah as well, you know, in order to remind ourselves of the fact that, of course, that he's our creator, he's He's loving, as you said, and, and obviously what you said about the fact that ultimately our Qadr is written, you know, while we're sitting in the wombs of our, of our mothers and actually how powerful it is when you really think about it. And all, mm -hmm. sometimes, I guess, even personally, sometimes I might be overthinking stuff or there's, you know, I'm anxious about something, but... But yeah, I mean, that's what it is, isn't it? It's the fact that we we are in control and we really ultimately need to, I mean, that is what it means to submit to Allah, isn't it? It's really, you know, mm. true submission is is really letting go <laughs> as, as scary and mm. hard as it can be, but, you know, it's mm. it's important to do that. Um, mm. I mean, that takes me on to um, my next question, which was um, chapter or day nine, I should call it, which was looking at being tested. And again, you know, it was so... Um, it had slight awakening, I guess, reading this um, chapter because it was in a recent interview with somebody and we were talking about, obviously, the miracle of the Quran, the fact that you could read um, a verse, you know, hundreds of times potentially, and then suddenly one day, suddenly, it kind of almost takes a different meaning depending on, you know, where, where you're at. And and you write something um, similar, obviously, in, in the day nine chapter, um, and it's 
looking at the Surah Baqarah, which is, or did you expect to enter the garden of paradise before the like of the trials that befell those who passed on before you had befallen you? Misery and adversity afflicted them, and they were shaken as with an earthquake, until the messenger and those who believed with him would say, when is Allah's support coming? Undoubtedly, Allah's support is indeed near. So you then um, go on to uh, look at the words, um, zilzilu, and which is obviously translated as shaken, and also um, zilzila, which is meaning earthquake, which is mentioned in that um, kind of eye of the Quran. Um, I mean, that was just, I've never, I don't know why, but some, I hadn't made the connection, I mm. guess, in my own mind, because of course <laughs> it's, I've read it so many times. I was like, mm. oh yeah, absolutely. But it's really, it's the way you've kind of explained it. And I guess my question is, what's kind of really important for believers to understand that actually being shaken by the tests that we sometimes experience, that um, they're not obviously a sign of of weakness, you know, mm. and, and how do we remind ourselves of that every time we're, we're kind of shaken with something yeah i think i think it comes back down to something that i mentioned quite a number of times in the book and that is that we are believers but we're also human and subhanallah allah is the one who created us and created us in our you know in our imperfect state and so we we can not not be human you know um we will be shaken we will some days feel weak some days we'll feel strong um but we will be shaken and and you know had this not been um uh had this not been um something important for us to go through then then allah would have created us in such a way um being shaken is not a sign of weakness it's just a sign of being human mm. and really what this dunya is is it's an imperfect journey where we as imperfect beings are trying to navigate that imperfect journey on our way to become beloved to the one who is perfect and who has created a perfect permanent home for us mm. and so you know with that in mind it's it's a it's a it's a um a delicate journey of being so human um with the quest to strive and aspire to become better you know in our belief and and, and the manifestation of that belief um but it's an acceptance of the two it's a, it's an acceptance you know we accept that we want to become better muslims or want to become better believers mm -hmm. accept that i'm imperfect i'm flawed and my lord you know my lord knows this my lord has created me as this um and i take those imperfections to him and i just do the best that i can and i think that's all that allah requires from us he doesn't require us to kind of you know live on cloud nine and 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 be perfect otherwise he wouldn't have said you know if there were people that ceased to sin i would replace them with the people that did sin so that I can forgive them because I love to forgive. SubhanAllah. Mm -hmm. So Allah shows us that, you know, he, he loves that we bring our imperfect selves to him in such a humble way. And he loves to turn to us in that state with his forgiveness. So it's okay. It's okay to feel weak. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay that we sin and we will continue to do so. But it's what we do with that in terms of our relationship with him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, that focus, again, you know, coming to back to that relationship, you know, with Allah, and that's obviously the beauty of the book because each chapter, each day, um, there's that reminder to come back and to come back again and, you know, to, to refocus and, and, and recenter. Um, and I think that's another kind of really lovely thing about the book because it's, um, because it has that journal, um, obviously, uh, format to it. Um, it's day by day and it's something that readers, you know, if you, you get a copy of the book and you're able to, um, focus on one particular chapter, one particular day, which each one has its different, you know, reminder and theme. Um, and the next one was kind of a little bit further down. So this is kind of looking at, 
you know, day 13, where you talk about Ehsan. Um, and you give a really lovely experience of, of something that you and your um, husband experienced at the time of Iftar um, and how, it, I guess, it kind of reminded you on on what what es, what Ehsan, I guess, you know, really means. Um, but what was really interesting is in that chapter, you talk a little bit about um that obviously relationship between taqwa and ihsan. Um, but also you mentioned the idea of obviously being uh, Muslim, but then also there's the idea of a mu'min. Um, so I thought it'd be really good maybe for our listeners for you to kind of maybe uh, uh, explain, like kind of elaborate a little bit more on that. Like what do you think um, that journey is is like to, to obviously being a, a Muslim, but then in essence kind of becoming a mu'min? Yeah, so I think... Um... I mean, my understanding, um, based on what I have learned, and obviously I'm not a scholar, so mm. um, this is obviously just my understanding, is that, you know, a Muslim is one who submits mm -hmm. um, through action. Um, and then a mu'min is one who um, combines their action with their belief, right? Mm -hmm. So it's um, their... They're, they're, not just simply submitting in action, but they're submitting in heart, you know, um, and soul. So, so the actions are combined with um, intention and sincerity and humility and so on. And then the Muhsin is the one who obviously offers, you know, worship of action and belief, you know, and, and heart and presence, but aims to do so um, with the, the, with the, the beautiful aim of worshipping Allah as though they see them and knowing that though you know they cannot see Allah they they walk through this life um knowing that Allah sees them mm -hmm. and so there's this there's this element of being watched by the most merciful as they go through life and so their deeds are 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 um, their good deeds are committed, you know, with this sense of Allah is watching me right now. How do I want to offer this deed for his sake? How do I want to present myself to the King of Kings? And so it just, it just takes, it just takes that servant of Allah up a notch in which they want to, they, because, because they know that they're being watched and they, they navigate, you know, they, they walk through this life as though they see Allah, their deeds are offered in the, the best possible way, in an excellent manner. Mm -hmm. um, and that's ihsan. That, that is ihsan. And that's the difference. And I think, you know, it's not a, it's not a case that we kind of, you know, we're Muslim and then we become a Muslim and then we become a Muslim. Yeah. We fluctuate. We fluctuate between all three states. But the aspiration and the goal should be that we, we do. We, we go through this life. Um, aiming to worship Allah as though we see him, as though he is there right in front of us, but knowing that he is always watching us intimately and mm. attentively. Um, and this just this just completely transforms um, the heart and actions of the believer. Yeah, and I guess what you're saying there about intimacy and that attentiveness, you know, absolutely. It's so, you know, good to again just remind ourselves of that you know in terms of our you know relationship with Allah um and I guess there's also something um obviously the book goes on to talk about um different uh, again different aspects so you've got like a chapter which is called life audit um in the third kind of part of the the book which is um planning and moving into an opera focused future you know, you look at the work and the ah and patience and and again there was one quote that you know was really you know I, I also loved um which is hope brings sweetness to this dunya and it's such a lovely um I think you know benefit to take from you know the book itself and I almost think you know for me that is that really stood out and I'm thinking in terms of my intentions just not just for Ramadan but I just generally for life you know there there's so much power in hope and then it can be a transformative power as well um now, just to end, because uh, we've got just a, a minute or two left, I, I wanted to um, ask you, in terms of our listeners, how can they follow your work? Um, how, if they don't already have um, the book, which you should have, by the way, but if you don't already have it, how they're able to um, get a hold of a copy? Um, yeah, and, and, and just kind of keep in touch. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm on social media, um, most platforms. Um, just search Alia Umrayan. And I have a website, aliaumrayan.com. And the book is available on Amazon, Waterstones, WH Smith, Foils, Book Depository, pretty much all the kind of main retailers. Mm-hmm. Um, alhamdulillah, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is most kind, most generous. The book was also published in America. Um, so wow. it's available. Yeah, it's available on Amazon.com and Barnes and Noble and kind of like all their main retailers there. Um, and Book Depository, um, uh, it means that you get free delivery internationally as well. Um, yes, yeah, so and it's available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. And um, I, I'm so grateful to Allah that I was able to read the book for the audiobook version. So you hear my voice reading my own words, which was, which is really, really, um, you know, that really piece... a, a very humbling experience. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, I was just thinking actually that would be such a that would be such a treat. You know, it's one thing reading your words, but then hearing the voice also. Yeah, it's it's a completely different brings a different dynamic into it that's wonderful um so is there are there any kind of final words that you'd like you know to, to kind of share with the listeners just to just to end on just like a thing yeah. I, I think you know and I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this in in the introduction mm. but you know I I would encourage obviously I, I mean obviously I'm biased but mm. um you know you could go and have a look at the reviews on Amazon um yeah. to see what people have have thought about the book but if you do read the book and I recommend that you do um before you start reading, I recommend and invite you to ask Allah SWT to soften your heart, to open your heart to that within the book, which will draw you closer to him. Um, and I really believe that if you make that dua with complete sincerity, mm-hmm. that he will bring you what you need, you know, from this book. So, um, yeah, I think that would be my final message. Thank you, Jazakallah. I want to say like a hundred armeens to that. So um, <laughs> thank you for your time. Um, thank you for writing this wonderful, beautiful book. Um, and, you know, inshallah, our listeners will will get a lot of um, benefit from it. And absolutely um, for that thought as well. Um, so that was, um, we're talking to Ali Umrian about her book, Ramadan Reflections. Um, so I hope you have had time to reflect and pause and take um, lots on. Um, but of course, in the meantime, until the next show, please, do keep us in your du'as. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.